The full Big 12 schedule is out for BYU. Know exactly when BYU will be playing every game and where. But my question is, what in the world is the Big 12 thinking? You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network as well. And this is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports, and it's brought to you today by our friends over at FanDuel. Make every moment more with our friends at FanDuel. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. All right, let's dive right in, and we officially know what BYU's 2024 football schedule is going to look like. We already knew the non-conference slate, obviously opening up August 31st, uh, uh, depending on when you listen to this podcast, either 212 or 211 days away from today. Then they will make back-to-back road trips. Friday, September 6th, they're at SMU, and then September 14th, uh, Saturday, they are at Wyoming. We were all waiting to find out exactly where and when BYU played their Big 12 opponents. We already knew who the opponents were, but we didn't know how the layout of the schedule was going to be and right out of the gate today I've got a big beef and a big bone to pick with the Big 12 schedule makers. Now, I will freely admit I'm a bit of a traditionalist in this sense, but for the life of me, I can and I I cannot understand why the Big 12 stuck BYU in Utah on November 9th. Sure, I can understand the logic, and we'll talk about some of the comments y'all made on social media to me about it. But the biggest thing for me is this is one of, if not the most preeminent rivalry in this new era of the Big 12. Gone is Texas and Oklahoma. Gone is Bedlam with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and obviously the Red River rivalry with uh, Texas and Oklahoma. Those were probably the two most noteworthy rivalries in this conference and they are both gone obviously with the exit of Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. You need big rivalries to help draw interest for this conference, especially on what most of us call rivalry weekend. That is the final weekend of the regular season. Yes, I know it's a bloated schedule. I know that you have Auburn and Alabama. I know that you have the big game between Michigan and Ohio State. I know there are so many rivalry games that weekend, but for those of us who grew up with BYU and Utah playing on the final weekend of the regular season, it's just been tradition, and that was the expectation with both of these longtime rivals coming back into the same conference together, that they would get back together on Thanksgiving weekend, and we'd all be able to sit down and watch those two teams play. Alas, the Big 12 thought differently. They mentioned, uh, not mentioned, but in the gra- the video they put out to promote the schedule release, they said new rivalries reimagined. Well, they reimagined it, and they reimagined it to put this game on November Number 9th. For the life of me, it doesn't make sense. If this is a game that's going to be played in the middle of the season, why November 9th? Why the first weekend officially for both of these schools? Speaking of BYU and Utah, they will both have a bye week uh, going into this matchup. But why November 9th? Uh, Jeff Hansen from Cougar Sports Insider pointed out that LSU and Alabama is really the only noteworthy rivalry game of a similar variety that weekend. So maybe it's the Big 12 thinking that they are going to be able to get maybe a more advantageous position TV network 
network-wise and kickoff time-wise than they would have gotten potentially on Thanksgiving weekend. But I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm up in the night on this, but I really feel like this was a bungle uh, by the Big 12's uh, schedule makers. I, I'm assuming that Brett Yormark had a say in this. I'm assuming that Tom Homo. Mark Harlan, the ADs at the respective universities, BYU and Utah, had a say in it. Maybe the university presidents, who I'll ultimately have the say, uh, speaking of Shane Reese, as well as Taylor Randall up at Utah, I assume they had a say in this. Why didn't they push harder to get this game on Thanksgiving weekend? Uh, that I don't know. Maybe it was ESPN and Fox were in the room when this discussion was being had, and they said, here's the thing, BYU and Utah, we need you guys to play on this weekend. I would have pushed harder if I was both BYU and Utah and those respective administrations to have this game Thanksgiving weekend. It's, it's, it, it builds the entire season uh, to a climax. And obviously, with the expectations for both of these teams, speaking of BYU and Utah at different stratospheres, uh, if you're a Utah fan, it's like college football playoff or bust. They are still riding hard on that train that they are the Big 12 favorite. And uh, there's a reason to why they think that. But the other thing about BYU is this is a Cougar program that's coming off a losing season. They're trying to get back to the bowl season. So maybe it is just simply the the fact that they wanted to have this game where it maybe has a better, I don't know, uh, implication for both programs. But I just, I'm a traditionalist. I, I, I do not like what the Big 12 is doing here. I just don't get it. And I, I, I like I said, I wish that BYU and Utah would have pushed a little bit harder. And maybe the, ultimately they, they had to make some concessions elsewhere and they had to agree that we'll play it November 9th. But it just does not sit well with me that the best rivalry in my mind in this new era of a 16-team Big 12, like I said, losing uh, both the Red River rivalry as well as the Bedlam game, those both going out the window as a result of Texas and Oklahoma taking off. Why are you sticking maybe the best rivalry you have on the docket? And I'm, I'm not going to denigrate Farmageddon. I'm not going to denigrate the Territorial Cup, some of the other notable uh, rivalry games that exist out there. But BYU and Utah, any of you who are a BYU fan that are listening to this, know what this rivalry means to both fan bases. I can tell you from a radio uh, sports media perspective, it is a banner. I mean, a banner week, or in this case, it'll be weeks, because we're going to have two weeks with bye week uh, splitting things up to build up to this game. I just don't know that it's in the right position, even if it is in the month of November. Uh, crazily enough, I'd actually, in some ways, have uh, considered this a better place, maybe if it's earlier on in the season. But alas, it is what it is, and uh, both uh, programs will have to move on with this, and we'll track, obviously, how both of them are doing. That's the fun part about how the Big 12 is going to shake out now, is both BYU and Utah are going to be paying very close to the Big 12 standings, but also very close to one another's standings, because... It's a rivalry in all things. It always has been that way. It will continue to be that way. And the best part is, I guess I can just uh, finish on this point, is that I am glad that the two rivals are back together. I can I can accept that fact. The fact that they are back in the same conference, they're going to be playing this game annually. It's one of the protected rivalries that will always take place every single year in the Big 12 Conference. For that, I'm thankful, but uh, I just do not like the position of this game, and I think it was a bit of a, a, a screw-up by the Big 12 to make this move. And I, I ultimately wonder who ultimately had the say on that. Was it a TV network? Was it Brett Yormark and his brain trust at the Big 12 conference offices? Was it either BYU or Utah to obviously uh, stir the pot a little bit? Was one of those two administrations not willing to play it on Thanksgiving weekend? 
that's a big uh, thing that obviously if any reporting comes out on that, we'll be sure to pass it along to you. But it's just something to chew on here because I I was all set. I was dead set. I was like, you know what? It's got to be November 30th. It's got to be the final weekend of the season. But as the morning went on, uh, waiting for the schedule to come out, I just kind of sat there and thought, you know what? This is Brett Yormark. He likes to do things a different way, and it wouldn't surprise me if he gets moved out of that slot, and that's exactly, exactly what happened. What happened to the rest of BYU's schedule? How does it lay out? What do I think of it? We'll break that down. That's all coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all of you who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. If you're like me, Super Bowl week and Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets and having some fun with our friends at FanDuel. That's about Super Bowl Sunday, I'm telling you folks, is the food. I've got an incredible spread planned out. It's actually right around my birthday every year, and that's what I love. I love celebrating my birthday while watching the Super Bowl, enjoying incredible food. But the best part is also, it's good to have uh, an option like FanDuel if you want to have some fun whether you're betting on the over under of how long the national anthem is going to be there's a prop bet out there I'm sure for everything you can imagine under the sun how many times they show Taylor Swift on TV after Travis Kelsey has a big play in the Super Bowl no matter what you're into FanDuel has got the options for you guys it has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or 2 or 3 and they want to help you guys get started today not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl 58 but the best part is FanDuel also has bets for which players will score touchdowns many, how many points will be scored over Overall, the over-under, spreads, like I said, player props, it's all available to you guys now. And new customers join today and get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Simple as that. $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started with our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more once again with our friends at FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I want to remind you guys that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 cover the top sports stories of the day with the local experts Excuse me, of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel right now. Alright, uh, so BYU's schedule is officially out and I think it's a pretty advantageous schedule overall uh, for BYU and let me explain why I believe that. Because the biggest thing I talked about, and I did this a couple weeks back, for those of you who are everyday as remember, I did a, a, an exercise last week on what I thought the ideal schedule for BYU was going to be. Now, uh, was I right in, in many of the circumstances? Actually, I was not. But the bigger point uh, to be made here is that I think BYU got a very good layout of how the schedule is going to pan out for the Cougars here. So let's, let's break it down. Obviously, we knew about the first three games. Home to Southern Illinois at SMU at Wyoming. Playing back-to-back out-of-conference uh, games, and obviously one of them being a G5 game at Wyoming, not ideal. I, I hope this is one of the last times, if not the last time, that BYU ever plays two of their non-conference games on the road, unless in the circumstance of potentially you're playing two other Power 5 teams where you play one on the road and you maybe have the FCS game as the other home game. I will give that exception, but you do not, going forward, if I'm advising Tom Homo, ever, I mean, ever play a road game out of conference against uh, Wyoming. And it's nothing against the Cowboys. You're a big boy now, speaking of BYU. Stop doing that stuff. But nonetheless, I think it's good that BYU's playing that game at SMU on a Friday night. Gives them an extra day of recovery, making the travel back to Provo, and then making that relatively shorter trip over to Laramie to play the Cowboys. Then Big 12 play opens up with two very interesting games. The biggest, One of the biggest home games of the season is the second home game of the season for BYU in the first Big 12 home game, and that is the Kansas 
State Wildcats coming to Provo, Utah. Now, uh, Chris Kleiman and his squad, they are going to be very, very tough to beat. But this is a good time of the year to get them, I think, because BYU will still have relatively little film on them, and they'll have plenty of film, hopefully, on Kansas State uh, from last season, obviously this year that they'll be able to evaluate and hopefully have a more cohesive game plan and hopefully uh, strike an upset with that one. I, I think it'd be a very, very nice uh, kickoff to Big 12 play to get an upset, and I, I would consider it an upset over Kansas State at this juncture. Now, crazy things can happen, and BYU could end up in somehow, some way being the favorite, uh, according to the odds makers that week, but as it stands right now, I think that's a very, very solid uh, debut in the Big 12. Similar last year, remember, BYU opened up Big 12 play there in Lawrence. I was there as BYU played against Kansas. Well, they're back home this year uh, playing another Kansas school. It's the arch rival of Kansas and Kansas State. Then you finish up the month of September on the road at Baylor. Baylor is a rebuilding program. They fired Jeff Grimes. They revamped their entire offensive coaching staff. And Dave Aranda is under a ton of pressure here. And they, BYU has to go to Baylor. This is uh, similar to what I just talked about with Kansas State. It's a good time to get Baylor because they may not have ultimately figured things out completely at that point. Uh, but I still think you can go down to Waco and hopefully pick up a win. And then you find get your first bye week. You play five games, two of them a very interesting Big 12 games. Obviously, you're a non-conference slate. Then you get your first bye over general conference weekend. I talked about when I did my exercise projecting uh, for BYU, I would have liked to have seen BYU maybe travel uh, that weekend for general conference and play UCF on a Friday night. Well, the conference decided to reward them, I guess, in a way and give BYU that general conference weekend off. Now, those of you who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will be able to enjoy general conference and all of its glory, and I have to uh, obviously work around the BYU schedule. You can just do that. And then they're right back at home the following week, and they get to gear up for a very, very interesting home game against Arizona. How does Arizona look under Brent Brennan? They do have their quarterback back in Noah Fafita. They have their star wide receiver in Teteroa uh, McMillan also returning. A number of guys decided to spurn going with Jed Fish to Washington and stayed put in Tucson. Arizona is going to be a very, very good team, I think, but ultimately new coaching uh, regimes can change things. And we'll see how that ultimately affects BYU in that game. But I think coming off a of bye week and a home game against Arizona, that's a very good spot to get the Wildcats. Then the following week, it's the first option game, as I'm calling it, for uh, BYU. They could play either Friday or Saturday against Oklahoma State, back-to-back -back home games as the Oklahoma State Cowboys come to town. These two games against Arizona-Oklahoma State will be the biggest test back-to-back it feels like for BYU simply due to the fact of the caliber and the talent that both of these teams possess. All of us will remember that Oklahoma State got BYU in that double overtime game. BYU will want nothing more than to get payback on them, but also it's an Oklahoma State team that made the run to the Big 12 title game this past year. So that's a very, very stout game and I'm actually kind of fingers crossed that game ends up on a, a Friday night because then you have extra time to prepare for a road trip to UCF. Now UCF is an interesting team because I thought they were pretty good this, this the past year, but they had a lot of failings uh, when it felt like they should have been better than they were. Uh, they have a new quarterback who will be under center. That's the former Arkansas quarterback, uh, KJ uh, uh, Jefferson, who obviously BYU is intimately familiar with from the past two games they have played against Ar Arkansas the past two years. But you make that trip to UCF, and then you get your second bye week. This is a great bye week because you make your longest trip of the season, come home, rest up, have an extra week off, and then obviously all the attention for two weeks builds up to the annual rivalry game against Utah. And my feelings aside, that's how the schedule is going to play out, and obviously we will have a field day in sports radio talking about it and building it up for two weeks, but... 
Then you finish up the home stretch for BYU. Includes a home game the following week after Utah, which is a big opportunity for Kansas coming into Provo uh, to get BYU because there's obviously that big potential for a letdown after that game at Utah. Win-loss, doesn't matter what happens. There's a potential for a letdown, and Kansas is licking their chops. Jeff Grimes is their offensive coordinator coming back to Provo and thinking, hey, that's a great spot for us to go into Provo and potentially uh, catch BYU napping. Then BYU finishes it up on the road, their final road game of the season at Arizona State. Uh, it's a great time to go to Arizona, obviously, down into Tempe right around uh, late November before Thanksgiving. Weather should be relatively mild down south. It can be absolutely crazy up here along the Wasatch Front, so it's a great time to go to Arizona State. And then you finish it up at home Thanksgiving weekend with the Cougars versus the Cougars, the Houston Cougars and their first year under Willie Fritz. What will they look like by the time they show up in Provo? It's anybody's guess, but similar to uh, similar to what we we know about BYU. We don't know what the Cougars are going to look like at that point. So uh, could this be a game that potentially both of these teams are coming into this game five and six looking for bowl eligibility and whoever wins it goes to the postseason. The other stays home. That could have some interesting stakes on it, even though it doesn't have the same luster of potentially a game like Utah would have had to end the season for BYU. So that's how things lay out. And I honestly, I think the, the bye weeks are very well placed. I, like I said, in my exercise, I had the first bye week after what would have been Kansas State. So the week you would go to Baylor I had the bye week there but it got slotted back a week and I can understand why the conference did that with general conference and the like uh, but I think the way the buys lay out here it gives BYU an opportunity after a very tough opening stretch five game run uh, to rest up a little bit play two very good opponents actually three very good opponents in Arizona Oklahoma and UCF another really really tough October for BYU but it's sandwiched around two bye weeks to hopefully have BYU as fresh as possible going into the final uh, month of the season when you will face like I said, Utah, Kansas, Arizona State, and Houston. So I, I can I can respect how the conference ultimately laid it out for BYU. I think it's a great layout in terms of stratifying where the uh, conference games uh, come and the tough ones versus maybe one of the easier ones. Uh, really, the only bad stretch is that back-to-back against Arizona and Oklahoma State. But the nice part is, like I said, both of those games are at home. So that helps you out in that circumstance. So... The, the way it lays out here for BYU means that BYU will have a fighting chance, I think, at pushing for a 6-6 six and six record at minimum, and that's got to be the goal for BYU. That's absolutely got to be the goal for them is to get to a, a, a postseason berth in the bowl season because uh, I just don't know that the, the that you as Cougar fans, uh, me, us in the media, will be content with BYU potentially spinning their wheels for another year and going 5-7. and seven. And Now, could that ultimately play out? Yes, it could because this is a very, very tough schedule on paper. You're talking about some of the upper echelon of, of the Big 12. I would venture to say that Kansas, Arizona, Oklahoma State, Utah, and uh, excuse me, Kansas State, Arizona, Oklahoma State, Utah, and Kansas, those five teams, five of BYU's opponent, about half the schedule, those are top half of the conference. If not, each one of them has an argument to potentially be the Big 12 favorite in the preseason or a dark horse contender to win the Big 12 crown. That's not going to make life easy on BYU, and they're going to have to battle through this. But I think the, the thing that BYU can take comfort in and some, I don't know how, how to describe it, maybe some... Uh, some uh, confidence, I guess, away from this is the fact that they battled. They battled their tails off the tail end of the season against both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and came, it felt like, moments away from wins in either one of those games. If BYU can channel that same type of intensity and play those games with that same type of fervor, that same type of hunger, uh, use whatever adjective you want, 
that's going to give BYU the opportunity to pull off any win on this schedule. I'm not looking at any one of these games and looking at it and saying, yep, that's a loss for BYU right now. Now, like I said, circumstances may change, and as uh, rosters change with the transfer portal, maybe a team gets a major pickup in the spring window that none of us are expecting at this point. Maybe, heck, B, maybe even BYU gets a major pickup in the spring portal window that changes the the mindset. But I look at the schedule for BYU, and I, I don't say immediately that any game is imminently losable, or I, it's a guaranteed loss for BYU, but there are a number of them on the schedule as well that I look at and say, outside of Southern Illinois, uh, do I really count any of them as a surefire win. I sure don't because Wyoming is a very, very pesky team, and especially when you have to go up to Laramie, who knows what that's going to hold for you. SMU is going to be all geeked out because they're a new member of the ACC. Their fan base is going to be absolutely raucous. Now, their fan base consists of about 12 people, I feel like, but Nonetheless, it, it's going to be a very, very interesting uh, layout for BYU, and we'll probably do another exercise here soon after I do a little more research on these teams and dig into them, and I'll give you kind of my expectation, my, my prediction for BYU, my, my way-too-early prediction for BYU's 2024 uh, record. Remember last year, any of you who have been listening to this podcast, this time last year I told you guys the goal for me was 6-6, six and six, and I stuck to that all offseason long and felt like, okay, debut in the Big 12, get to 6-6. Six and six. Now, uh, when BYU started the season 5-2, and two, it was like, okay, what can they ultimately accomplish? Well, then ultimately they lost five straight to end up five and seven. So it is going to be an interesting ride for BYU. But the nice part is they are a member of the Power Four. They're a member of a conference that has got a lot to prove about itself. And BYU will be able to strive to prove themselves right alongside a number of these other programs. And that's the fun, I guess, idealistic part of what the Big 12 could hold for BYU in 2024. All right, we will finish up today's show with a couple more thoughts. I got a couple more thoughts on what the Big 12 schedule makers did, or in this case, didn't do uh, for the conference as a whole. We'll wrap up the show next right here unlocked on cougars now today's show is brought to you by our friends over at jace medical i know we all come to sports to escape from the crazy realities of real life but can we talk just for a moment about preparing for real life according to the fda pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in a crazy flu and a cold season that is a scary scary proposition my friends i can't imagine a more helpless feeling that if one of my loved ones needed an antibiotic of that sort and a supply chain issue kept them uh, me from getting them or they uh, just didn't have them in stock whatever it is thankfully the best part is we'll be okay because of jace medical they have hooked us up There's a pack of five different antibiotics that can treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. All this stuff could happen to any of us, and they want you guys to be prepared. Like I said, the Jace case has got those five antibiotics. You can store it away with your food storage or your emergency preparedness kit, and it's right there for you guys. Visit JaceMedical.com. Complete your physician encounter today. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, excuse me, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. The best part is never been more important to be prepared than today. And you can go to jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Use the promo code locked on to get $20 off your order. Once again, that's jacemedical.com. Promo code locked on for $20 off your Jace case. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate all of you guys who have signed up for our subtext community so far. Having a lot of fun interacting with y'all via text messages. It's a great way to get word out about things. Uh, for example, when the schedule dropped for BYU, I immediately threw out a text message and said, hey, what are your what's your reaction to BYU in Utah uh, being on November 9th? And they got a wide range of opinions on it. But uh, those of you who want to sign up, it's a 14-day free trial. Like I said, you get uh, direct messages or I guess text messages sent directly to your 
phone. And the best part is after the 14-day free trial, it's just $4.99 a month, 5 bucks a month. You support the podcast and obviously help us build our community here. And it's been a really, really fun thing. Uh, for those of you that have joined up so far, I want to thank you guys and hope that many, many more of you will sign up in uh, coming days and or weeks. All right. Before we go on today's show, want to spend a couple of minutes on the Big 12 and their philosophy with regards to the schedule. Now, I don't uh, really harbor all that uh, much ill will towards the conference, but I just don't think that they're helping themselves with the way they scheduled this season for the Big 12 as a whole. And allow me to explain. Uh, what it is, is there was, there's been a philosophy in a lot of conferences to hold what they call marquee games. We're talking the headlining type games. So for example, on BYU's schedule, BYU and Utah is a headliner. Uh, Kansas State coming to BYU, that's a headliner in my mind. Uh, to go to other uh, games on the schedule, you look at, uh, for example, there I was reading a thing, 24-7 Sports had a, a, a ranking of the top 24 most impactful college football games of the season. Now, I rarely invoke the name of the University of Utah on this podcast because it's a BYU-centric show, but they had BYU, not BYU, they had Utah and Oklahoma State's game uh, on, that, on that ranking of the top 24 games. The reason why they had it there is because Oklahoma State and Utah, like I just talked about uh, a little bit earlier on on today's show, they are considered to be two of the contenders, if not the top two contenders, in the Big 12 Conference going in uh, to the 2024 season. But that game, uh, the thing about it is that game got put in September, similar to what BYU and, uh, and Kansas State did. The same weekend that BYU plays uh, Kansas State in Provo, Utah makes the trip to Oklahoma State. That's a game, like I said, that could determine ultimately who maybe plays in the Big 12 championship game. And it's just a, it's just one example among some of the other ones. We'll talk about them here in a moment. But it's just another example of why wouldn't that game be in November when uh, TV networks are looking for the biggest games of the week. There's a lot of that quote-unquote flex scheduling. They pull them on six-day holds uh, to find the best games for the best time slots and the best networks. Okay, that game's going to get a pretty good uh, uh, amount of attention with the road trip to Oklahoma State. But that game, imagine how much bigger that would be. Let's say potentially Utah going into November, uh, they're sitting at I don't know eight and one. Oklahoma State is seven and two. And if Oklahoma State has Utah coming into Stillwater, they get the win over Utah. They hold the the they hold the um, the tiebreaker and potentially could knock Utah out of uh, playing in the Big Twelve title game. Those are the type of games that you want late in the season. Why? Why? To, I'm speaking to the Big Twelve in general. Why are you putting that game in September? It doesn't make sense to me. And I, I can think of a myriad of other games looking at this schedule that just don't make a ton of sense because they are games that are quote-unquote intersectional games or they're, they're games that are going to have huge, huge implications on the Big 12 race. But you're sticking them in uh, dates and, and potentially time slots that are not going to get the same type of attention that they probably deserve. So that is my biggest concern with this schedule for the conference. And I have my concerns with BYU schedule. I've already discussed that. But my concerns for the Big 12 as a whole is I think they may have overthought this a little bit too much. And we're thinking, hey, you know what? Let's try and uh, kind of lay out uh, different games in big weeks and obviously and try and get more attention from the media. You know what the biggest thing with the media is? Is it is a, a thing that the season builds towards November. We go through September. We start to see uh, kind of the competition weed itself out in October, but in the month of November, that is when the real, real big attention on college football comes because fans are fully invested. Either your team is in the race or it's out of it and you're playing spoiler in that circumstance and you're looking at it saying, okay, what are the chances we can do X, Y, and Z here? Or what are the chances that this team could upend that team over there and how does that impact the Big 12 title race? 
The tough part to look at is that this, essentially the way that the Big 12 laid out their schedule here is they have uh, moved a bunch of those games earlier on in the season Maybe with the thought that, hey, maybe they can capture more attention with some of those, like I said, big games on the schedule. And maybe the, the media attention stays with the Big 12 as a result of those games being earlier on. But let's say those games end up being duds and it turns people off. And they're like, okay, the Big 12's nothing. Let's go watch the SEC. Let's go watch the Big 10. Heck, let's go watch the ACC, etc. It's kind of a feast or famine mentality is how I think the Big 12 approached this schedule. Now, they also did try and kind of lay out uh, rivalries across the entire uh, slate of games. Uh, the battle for the Sunflower State is going to be played in late October with Kansas and Kansas State. Uh, Cincinnati and West Virginia will be rematching. It's a little bit of a rivalry. Uh, playing the same weekend as BYU-Utah November 9th. They have Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. That's on November 23rd. Uh, These are some of the games that the Big 12 pointed out in rivalry. And then the ultimate rivalry weekend has Arizona-Arizona State in the Territorial Cup. Good for you guys. You actually got what BYU-Utah deserve. Uh, Iowa State-Kansas State-Farmageddon. It's one of the best games in the entire world with an incredible name for the rivalry itself. Farmageddon's being played November 30th. And then Houston and Baylor. Okay, what does Houston and Baylor really offer us? Because I don't see that being a rivalry. The, the rivalry between Baylor and TCU has got a far bigger following than Houston and Baylor does. Why does that game get stuck on uh, on November 30th? So the, the, the thing about this, that, that's screwed up. No, that can't be right. No, that, that's absolutely incorrect. Wow, I just discovered something live on air. That's No, BYU hosts Houston November 30th. So, okay, strike that from the record. The, the point remains is that you look at the schedule, and, I, man, I'm, I'm really confused now why the Big 12 would put that out there. Maybe I was wrong and when I was writing down those uh, notes off of their release. But, uh, alas, it, it stays the same is that the bigger point is, uh, no, it is right. No, I'm man, I am all off, I think, here. But nonetheless, it is uh, the, the biggest thing uh, for these games is that you look at the schedule uh, for BYU, and I apologize, I'm, I'm kind of getting out over my skis here and a little bit uh, all discombobulated here. But the biggest thing is you look at how things are uh, laid out on this schedule for the Big 12 is that they have hurt themselves because, oh, and maybe they didn't hurt themselves, but I believe they've hurt themselves by not putting the more impactful games later in the year. Now, some of those games ultimately will become impactful simply due to the fact that it's football and it's an oblong ball that bounces different ways, and there'll be teams that uh, rise up and are surprise contenders in the final month of the season, and uh, some of those games may end up having bigger stakes and bigger implications and getting bigger eyeballs, uh, quote-unquote, uh, from TV networks, executives, and the like uh, when it comes to that. But there are games that you can look at on the schedule that are very clearly laid out. And it, you look at it and say, okay, no, there's that that game is absolutely one of the biggest games on the schedule. And you see that game scheduled. Like I said, the Oklahoma State-Utah game, for example, in September, that makes you kind of scratch your head and say, what are you doing here, Big 12? Did you, did you try and outthink the room and think that you were the smartest person in the room and it's ultimately going to bite you in the rear end? I think it may, and that that that's the part about it that drives me just a little bit bonkers, is looking at how this schedule could have been and, uh, in my mind, should have been laid out, and I'll go, go back to, uh, if you have these biggest rivalries, Arizona-Arizona State is a huge rivalry. Farmageddon is a huge rivalry. It's good to see those games at the very end of the season. BYU and Utah should be right there among them, but that's just a, a few examples of looking at this and saying, I'm not 100% certain that the Big 12 thought fully through uh, what they were doing when they put this schedule together. It, it screams to me that, A, 
TV executives had their say in how some of these games ended up being placed because they're, they're probably promising the Big 12, yeah, we can get that game on in prime time for you guys on the East Coast. You just put that game there. But if I'm the Big 12, you got to have a little more gumption and a, a few more, you got to have some stones. I'll use that terminology. You have some, some intestinal fortitude to tell the TV networks to stuff it. We all know that ESPN is in bed with the SEC. We all know that Fox is in bed with the Big 10, and they're going to get the advantageous spots when uh, push comes to shove for those two conferences. Well, guess who the two biggest media partners for the Big 12 are? Oh, by the way, ESPN and Fox. They're treating the Big 12 like little brother. That's the way I feel about this conference and the way this schedule is kind of being laid out for the Big 12 and how some of these games are being stratified. And it screams to me that ESPN and Fox told them, hey, do this for us and we'll scratch your back down the road. Will they really scratch your back down the road? Because, like I said, they're in bed with these two other leviathans of conferences, speaking of the SEC and the Big Ten. That I'm just not certain about, but uh, that's another topic for another day. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Cougars. A big thank you, as always, for your guys' support of the podcast. Hope you guys will continue to subscribe, rate, review, uh, share the show with your family and friends, and obviously a big thank you to all of you once again for being everydayers right here on the podcast, and obviously, once again, for making it your first listen of the day. Until tomorrow, my friends, have a great rest of your... Uh, they'll be putting this out on Tuesday night, so great rest of your Tuesday, or as uh, maybe many of you will be listening to this on Wednesday, and we'll catch you guys again right here on Locked On Cougars.